welcome to Richa Chats, a weekly podcast where I share stories and information from books, people, and resources we can all learn from, and hopefully leave feeling a little better. Today's episode is a continuation of what we've been discussing for the past two weeks, which is some of the most common cognitive distortions that a lot of people experience. For the past two weeks, we've been talking about a total of six forms of negative thinking. I gave some examples of them, and today we'll talk about a few more. It's been fun listening to the instances in which some of you have adopted these patterns of thinking, and maybe after I finish up with the few forms of negative thinking we'll talk about in today's episode, you'll have a bunch of different patterns understood which will hopefully come in handy the next time you find yourself feeling a negative spiral coming along. Again, all of the cognitive distortions I'll be talking about today come from the Feeling Good Handbook by Dr. David Burns. All right, let's get started. Okay. So the first one I'll share today is one that comes up in conversations with my friends from time to time. So every once in a while, one of my friends reaches out to me about something very specific. And it usually starts off with a text message along the lines of, Hey, are you busy? You won't believe what just happened. Or a message like, can you talk? And to that I say, yes, girl, I'll call you in the evening. And so I feel like I need a change of scenery when I chat with my friends on the phone. So I drive over to a place where I handle most of my emotional matters, the McDonald's parking lot. Although now I go to the park too. The important point is after parking my car, I call my friends back and I listen to what they're going through. And many times they tell me about a situation they're going through either at work or in their personal lives where someone labeled them because something that day didn't go as planned. For example, something happened at work and someone called them unprofessional or gave them a label that is, in most respects, the antithesis of who they are. And so being labeled like that made them feel really hurt. And usually in these types of situations, after listening to my friends describe what happened and I hear the negative labels they shared, insulting their character or performance, what I usually say is something along the lines of, look, I've known you for a long time, longer than the other person in the story has known you, and you aren't what they're saying you are. I think this is a reflection on them. A bad projection, if you will. This brings me to the first form of negative thinking, which is labeling. Labeling is an extreme form of all-or-nothing thinking, which we talked about in a previous episode. And labeling is where, instead of describing a situation as a mistake or an unfortunate event, one instead attaches a negative label to themselves. I gave the example of my friend being labeled by others, but we can do it to ourselves too. In the book, the examples of labeling are when someone labels themselves as a loser or a failure or a jerk, instead of saying that they made a mistake. There really is nothing like a failure or a jerk or a loser. What does that actually look like? In fact, I love what Dr. Byrne says in the book about this form of thinking. 
He says that we are human beings, we are not these other labels. And he goes so far as to say that what you do does not equal who you are. I'm going to say that again. What you do does not equal who you are. And along these lines, I remember one time someone I look up to said that failure is something that happens to you, but you are not a failure. You know, I really appreciate being told that events can happen, but we are not the labels we attach to the outcome. And so if you ever find yourself attaching a negative label to yourself, instead of saying a mistake happened or things didn't go as planned, it just might be an example of labeling. Okay, moving on, another cognitive distortion is called personalization and blame. And there are two different types of this. The first is when someone takes on the blame for something that isn't entirely their fault. So in the book, there's an example of a woman who is notified that her child is having trouble in school. And in response to that, the mother blames herself for being a bad parent. This is an example of personalization. Now, on the flip side, there's something called blaming, and blaming is the opposite, and it's where someone blames others or something else for the problem instead of seeing their role in the problem and taking responsibility for it. Perhaps on a lighter side, I've definitely done the latter before. So last week, I dished out some embarrassing truths about my cooking, and today I have another fun fact about something I'm really terrible at, and it's that I cannot paint my nails properly. I've really tried, and I absolutely suck. Like, it takes me hours and hours, and in the end, I end up with a fingerprint on my nails. You know when you paint too many coats of nail polish and they don't dry? Now, I lack expertise in this field, so I don't know when it's supposed to dry. And so I rub my finger against the nail polish to see if it's dried, and I end up with the shape of a fingerprint on my nail. Yeah, this is like every time for me. And for years, I thought maybe if I bought a different nail polish, I could get better results. And so, you know, I mostly like pink nail polish, and if you saw my collection, you wouldn't think this belongs to someone who is absolutely the worst at painting their nails. And that's because I thought, well, you know, maybe I should try a different brand because their consistency might be different, or it might dry faster, or it's just not the right shade of pink because it's not opaque enough. And it wasn't until very recently that I came to the realization that... Maybe the problem is me. And so I stopped blaming the nail polish because after trying most brands, I've come to the conclusion that the real problem is in fact me. And I can't even say that, well, I've just accepted I'm bad at painting my nails because a few episodes ago, I went on and on about growth mindset. So to say that would be um, not following my own advice. But there you have it blaming, and personalization. Okay, this brings me to the last two cognitive distortions we'll talk about, and they're quite personal to me. They're called discounting the positive and magnification. Discounting the positive, as the name suggests, means not including certain positive aspects or experiences and pretending that they don't count. This form of thinking makes one feel inadequate. In the book, the example the author gives is, say you do a good job on something you've been working on, but then you say, oh, it wasn't good enough, or anyone could have done it. Well, that would be an example of discounting the positive. 
Now, magnification is exaggerating the importance of shortcomings or problems, all the while minimizing the importance of desirable qualities. For me personally, I've noticed that when some situations don't have the outcome I expected or had hoped for, I find myself doing both of these. And oftentimes when I tell my friends or people I look up to, they'll comfort me by saying things like, oh, but you're doing really well, or don't worry about these things. It's really not something to be insecure about. But for some reason, I still find myself feeling negatively. And what I've come to realize is that it helps to understand that oftentimes I can magnify the issue and give it more importance than it actually deserves. But also finding the positive from the experience, whether it's as simple as just saying it made me more resilient or stronger, um, seeing it in this light is what really helps me move forward. Okay, so those are some more cognitive distortions. And with that, I'll bring today's episode to a close. If you liked this episode and what we talked about, share it with a friend or talk to them about what resonated with you in today's episode. Also, if you have a topic you'd like to have discussed, send me a voice message through the link below. I'm here to listen. You can also send me a message on Instagram and I'll leave a link to both below. For next week's episode, I've been hearing about how some of you are going through some stressful situations. And next week, I'll share some things that I found have brought me even a little bit of peace during stressful times in my life. So next week will be a stress-free episode to help us all with our stress. (laughs) Until then, take care and I'll see you next time on Richa Chats.